This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Israeli troops, backed by drones and armoured bulldozers, continued an assault on a refugee camp in the city of Jenin, one of the largest incursions on the West Bank in 20 years. At least eight people have been killed and over 50 wounded since the attack began early on Monday, according to Palestinian officials. Israel's army said it was targeting terrorist infrastructure belonging to the Janin Battalion, a militia. Violence has flared in the region in recent months. Israel's foreign minister said there were no plans to widen the operation throughout the West Bank. A 24-year-old firefighter died battling a blaze sparked during riots in Paris. Violence has ebbed. Police arrested 157 people on Sunday, down from 719 the previous night. Emmanuel Macron, the country's president, had urged his ministers to do everything possible to re-establish order and restore calm. The riots were sparked by police killing Niall M., a 17-year-old boy in Paris, on June 27th. China said it would limit exports of two critical metals used in semiconductors, electric vehicles and other chip-making and communications equipment. From August, exporters will need to apply for permits from the Chinese government. The restrictions on germanium and gallium come after the Netherlands said on Friday that it would limit the exports of advanced chip-making equipment. America took a similar step in October 2022. Senegal's president, Macky Sall, said in a speech that he will not seek re-election. The announcement ends months of speculation that he would run for a constitution-bending third term. The West African country has seen a wave of violent street protests sparked in June by the sentencing of an opposition leader, Usman Sonko, for an alleged rape. He denies the charges. Ukrainian forces claim to have recaptured 37 square kilometres of territory from Russia along eastern and southern fronts. The deputy defence minister, Anna Malia, said Ukrainian troops are advancing with partial success towards Bakhmut a town captured by Russia in a bloody months-long push. Russia, however, claimed to have successfully repelled several attacks near Bakhmut and farther south over the weekend. Saudi Arabia and Russia, two leading oil exporters, announced further cuts in production. Saudi Arabia will extend its cuts of 1 million barrels per day, which came into effect in July throughout August. Russia will slash oil exports by 500,000 barrels a day in the same month. Prices jumped on the news, with Brent rising by $1.73 to a high of $76.55 a barrel. Vietnam has banned Warner Brothers' new Barbie film over a scene that features a map showing the nine-dash line. The line represents China's territorial claims in the South China Sea which Vietnam disputes. An international court ruled against its validity in 2016. Vietnam has previously banned other films and television shows for depicting the line. Barbie was due to be released on July 21st. And figure of the day, 48 million, the annual output of nickel in tonnes, 
needed to meet the world's decarbonisation goals by 2040. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Macron meets the mayors. On Tuesday, Emmanuel Macron, France's president, will host a meeting of more than 200 mayors of towns and suburbs that have been battered by nightly violence and rioting in the past week. Among them is Vincent Jeanbron, the center-right mayor of Les Le Rose, a southern suburb of Paris, whose front gate was rammed with a car that was set on fire on Saturday night. Mr. Jeanbron's wife broke her leg escaping with her children as fireworks were hurled at them. The rioting, which began after a teenage driver was shot dead by police during a traffic check on June 27, seems to have peaked. But it obliged Mr. Macron to cancel a state visit to Germany so that he could manage the crisis and meet the leaders of both houses of parliament. The president hopes that deploying tens of thousands of policemen will keep things calmer. His government will now start to unpick the reasons for the sudden social upheaval. Putin returns to the world stage. On Tuesday, Vladimir Putin will meet global leaders for the first time since the Wagner Rebellion rattled his regime. Russia's president will participate in a virtual summit of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, along with the leaders of China, India, Pakistan, and former Soviet states in Central Asia. In theory, the broad-based regional talk shop should offer a welcome setting for Mr. Putin to assure his counterparts that all is well in the Kremlin. The SCO is one of the few international groupings in which Russia still enjoys some support. Yet, Mr. Putin could yet face some awkward questions. India, for instance, the host of this year's summit, is moving towards the West. Narendra Modi, its prime minister, has just concluded a state visit to America. At last year's SCO summit, Mr. Modi urged the Russian leader to pursue peace in Ukraine. Kazakhstan's leader has gone further than Mr. Modi, directly criticizing the war. Mr. Putin will be hoping that his flagging invasion will not have emboldened them to go any further. Germany's Resilient Economy On Tuesday, Germany reveals its foreign trade figures for May. Going on the previous month, the outlook looks better than feared. In April, De Statis, the German statistics agency, reported an increase of 1.2% for that month whereas a contraction of 2.5% had been predicted. Most notably in April, exports to China increased by 10.1% to 8.5 billion euros, or $9.3 billion. That has also helped improve Germany's long-standing trade deficit with its largest trading partner. German exports to America, the country's biggest market, also increased by 4.7% compared with March. That helped offset falling trade with Britain and a precipitous drop with Russia. The data release comes as investor sentiment darkens over Germany's technical recession, defined as two consecutive quarters of negative growth. The country's manufacturing sector shrank in June as both new orders and production dwindled. Good news from the statistics office could help lift the gloomy mood. Australia's Monetary Balancing Act There are signs that interest rates are starting to bite down under. Australia's annual inflation dropped to a 13-month low of 5.6% in May from 6.8% in April, but GDP growth is also slowing. Will that prompt the Reserve Bank of Australia to hold interest rates at 4.1% when it meets on Tuesday? Analysts expect at least one more hike in the coming months. Core inflation, which strips out volatile food and fuel prices as well as holiday travel, 
remains above the central bank's target of 2-3%. to The labor market remains tight and house prices, against the odds, are rebounding. The bank's governor, Philip Lowe, says he wants to, quote, keep the economy on an even keel, but much more tightening and it could start to list. For many Australians, that would be a new experience. Barring a brief turndown during the pandemic when wages were anyway subsidized, the country's last recession ended over 30 years ago. Teachers Rally in Florida This week, the National Education Association holds its annual meeting in Orlando, the backyard of Ron DeSantis, Florida's governor. It is America's biggest labor union's first fully in-person conference since 2019 and will include a Freedom to Learn rally. The union opposes Mr. DeSantis's education policies, which they say curtail teachers' and students' rights. New laws in Florida that block discussion of race and sexuality have led teachers to reconsider how they teach the history of slavery, and school libraries to ban books such as Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. But Mr. DeSantis seems to be digging in. The Republican presidential hopeful pitches himself as a defender of, quote, parental rights, against, implicitly, those of teachers. Other Republican governors have also accused teachers of indoctrinating pupils with critical race theory. At least eight states have enacted new so-called school choice laws this year, such as giving residents vouchers they can use to pay private school tuition, bypassing public education altogether. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Tuesday, which football manager who has won titles with Chelsea, Inter Milan, and Real Madrid is nicknamed the special one? Monday. Apart from Abigail Adams, who was the only woman to be the wife of one U.S. president and mother of another? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nathaniel Hawthorne, who was born on this day in 1804. Easy reading is damn hard writing. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>